grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Exodus 5, verse 6. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Dear friends, today we start another journey of Lent. It's no ordinary journey, certainly not like a family road trip to Disneyland or a cruise through the mountains to observe the great mountain vistas. It is a journey we followed before, and on this journey we are followers. We are followers and we are observers of the one who leads us through on this journey. And that leader is our Lord Jesus Christ. As he leaves the glorious mountain we talked about last week, and where we heard the voice speak of his majesty, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. We hear those words. No matter what happens in the days that follow, what happens we know is pleasing to God. For what Jesus does is to fulfill the word and purpose, the will and purpose of the Father. And that purpose is to save us. And so we observe and cherish each moment, each word, each picture during this Lenten season because each and every one of them has something to say to us in our life and our living about our salvation. Immediately Jesus came down from the mountain. He had stood with Moses, another whom God called to lead his people to freedom. As he heard God speak the beginning, he heard these words for the first time, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. At the beginning of Lent, we today hear the same words that tell us clearly what the meaning of what lies ahead is. It is, we are in the land of bondage to sin. We are slaves to sin. And God in his love and mercy is leading us to freedom. And so we follow, humbly and with open hearts and minds. As I reflect on our Lenten journey, several images come to mind that help me understand what this season is all about. The first image is that one that is very close to my heart. It appeared in the Edmonton Journal 30-some years ago. The old auditorium at Old Concordia College had just burned to the ground, and with, many, with it many memories and possibly the existence of that place that had been so special to the Lutheran community in Edmonton because it had been a place of gathering place of worship, a place of celebration. The loss was horrific. The picture reveals, though, the power and the faith of so many of those people who had gathered in that building. My predecessor, Chaplain Kramer, is shown with the processional cross leading students on a path dug through the rubble, through the debris and it proclaimed the gospel so loudly and wonderfully. In the midst of our loss and sorrow, God is present, and he proclaims his present in the midst of our chaos. 
Now, following the cross, you could look from side to side, and if you didn't look ahead, you could only see ashes and destruction. And that's where a lot of people in our world are today. All they see is ashes and defeat. But the picture showed this cross. And these people looking ahead at that cross. Because that's where their hope was. And that's where their victory is. Lent is a lot like that. As we walk the steps of Lent, we will look around us and we will see a lot of things that are just not right in our world. We will see wars, and there are too many of them right now, as there always is. We will see disease and decay. But also in the midst of that, we can look ahead to the cross and find our hope and our victory to be sustain us. Now another image that I have is one that I'm looking at right now. I'm looking at a bunch of refugees, a bunch of refugees because our home across the street was vandalized. Now, disaster has struck us, and we had a very short exodus across the street, thanks be to God. We have been like the homeless refugees, like the children of Israel in Egypt and in the desert at Mount Sinai. And we have said, and we have to admit it, Oh Lord, how long? How long will it be? Oh Lord, take us back to our building where we had so much life. And then we also said, Lord, will we survive? Can we cope? And if we looked around just at the disaster, we probably would not be here today. But we didn't, did we? We focused on the cross. Since last July, we've journeyed. We saw the damage, missing our home of worship, but also experiencing, as the children of Israel did in the 40 years of the wilderness, witnessing and experiencing God teaching us as a congregation things about ourselves and also about his plan for us. I don't know what the intent of those who did the damage was. Maybe we'll never know. But what has happened since then is reminiscent of the words that Joseph, the boy with the coat of many colors, spoke to his brothers who had tried so hard to get rid of him and had come to him because they feared that he was going to destroy him. You know the story in Egypt. And he said, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Remember, I said this is just kind of an echo of, of that verse. But all along, God has been teaching us. And he's been teaching us why? To save many lives. To draw us to him, and not just us, but those around us, our whole world keeping our eyes on the cross, being led by our pastor, we have not just survived, but are being made ready to go through new doors, new lands of ministry, because Christ is leading us there. And maybe in a few days, we will walk back across the street. I am the Lord your God, rings true. He was and is and always will be our Lord. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of bondage. 
The third picture is the source of our theme, the text itself from Exodus. Forty years in the wilderness, Jesus tempted unsuccessfully for 40 days in the wilderness. And we follow in 40 days, beginning with ashes to culminate in triumph. Not of our own making, but the love and grace of God. That's what this is about. Each step of the way is nothing that we could have earned or accomplished on our own, but by only by him who was sent into the world to be our Savior. This verse uh, and what follows is an amazing thing if you look at it. For 40 years, God took this rambling bunch of people, and let's face it, they didn't have much to offer God. They were slaves. They knew how to be slaves. They were reasonably good, I guess, after a while, you, if you're a slave. That's all they knew. That was their world, slavery. Every hour was dictated by things around them. And they knew, had one skill, making bricks. And yet in 40 years, God took these people and he made them into a nation that hung together, that worked. And they were able to get back into the promised land. First, he gave them the law, the Ten Commandments, that showed them how to live with each other and to care for each other and to live in this world of people, to value human life. And at the center of this was God. I am the Lord your God. When they kept their eyes on this God, when they kept their focus on him, they were successful. They grew. But they were so easily led astray, just as we are. And often they found that they were, when they rejected the Lord their God, they ended up in trouble. They ended up in pain and suffering. When Pharaoh forgot about God, we know what happened there. When Pharaoh forgot about God and no longer acknowledged that God had indeed the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had been the source of their survival. Things started to go wrong. No longer were lives valuable, but they were just slaves. Individuals were just parts of the cogs in the wheel to be used and exploited and to become slaves. How far have we come? I don't know but we have struggles today with that. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of slavery in Egypt, out of the land of, out of, the land of slavery. Now, the story isn't over when you get to the end of Exodus because there's still the whole Bible that's following it. In Egypt, God freed his people from physical bondage under a tyrant ruler. The power of sin, though, ran deeper, distorting and killing humanity. Sin and death and the devil needed to be dealt with once and for all and that we might be truly free, not just physically free. Something greater than humanity could accomplish needed to happen. So today we start the journey, the journey of the one who came to accomplish what we could not do, for this God, this God who brought the slaves out of Egypt, so loved the whole world, all of it, 
all humanity, all creation, that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So, brothers and sisters in Jesus, we come today on this first Sunday in Lent to tread the path our Savior trod. Trod not for himself, but for us. We come to remember who we are and what we have become by his love. We come very aware of the destructive nature of the world in which we live. We come to watch and to learn. As Jesus speaks, <coughs> as Jesus heals, as he is betrayed. As the palms are waved, as the cup and bread are raised and shared, as he is nailed to the cross, as death comes, as the tomb is closed, as tears are shed, as sun dawns, and we find a new universe of hope. May these days of Lent be a time for you to return to the Lord your God as we sing so often. And may it be a time for you to learn and to grow and cherish the gift that is your salvation in Jesus Christ. As pastor says every Sunday, your sins are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all human understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Hi, Pastor Sai here. I hope this message was encouraging for you. At Riverbend Lutheran Church, our goal is to support Christians in their daily walk with God and in proclaiming the love of Christ to a lost and broken world. We're a small and inviting congregation welcoming any and all who are sinful, hurting, seeking, or simply broken. Whether you're already a Christian and are looking for a church home or you're undecided about your faith and looking for answers, you are welcome here. We have a number of programs for all ages and walks of life. Sunday mornings we have worship followed by educational programs for all ages. Please join us. For more information, you can visit us online at www.riverbendlutheran.com, call us at 780-430-7382, or email me at pastor at riverbendlutheran.com. Better yet, stop in for a visit. Until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace.